1: On the Chicago Bears Review. Now, in the month of July, the true countdown to the season finally begins as Larry D returns to preview our beloved regular season opponents, starting with the teams in the AFC East. Will the Pats stay on top? Can the Jets rebound? Will the Dolphins improve? And can the Bills take the next step? All of this and so much more on the AFC East preview episode of the Chicago Bears Review. yes here we are as i said in the month of july so the countdown is on you know we're not months away we're weeks away now one month from today four weeks to be exact is uh when the bills and the the giants play the af uh the afc the hall of fame game because i'm an idiot play the hall of fame game on august the third which i believe is a sunday and uh you know, the Bears uh, later that week play the Eagles. Pretty sure it's the Eagles. We play the – the e- is it the Eagles? The Eagles or the Jaguars, one of the two. Um, it's a preseason. It doesn't really matter. But the Bears kick off the preseason, uh, I think, on that Thursday or that Friday. or It's the preseason, so who cares. But, you know, we finally get to see the Bears in the 2014 uh, outfits that day uh, later on that week. So we're about, uh, oh, you know, about uh, – four four and a half weeks away from that and uh you know as i I look on my uh trusty dusty app here on my phone we are 66 days away from bears and bills week one on the uh 7th of september so we're we're just a shade under two months uh from the bears and the bills kicking off the nfl season on sunday uh september the seventh and here we are to kick off the 2014 season this is kind of what what i call the official start to the 2014 season is when we start previewing our upcoming opponents for the regular season this year we play the afc east and the nfc south and then we also have uh, san francisco and dallas as our same place opponents uh, to go along with of course our our division, divisional arrivals in Minnesota, Green Bay, and Detroit. So this is the first show. We have two more after this. We have the NFC South. Uh, hopefully I can get that done by next week. And then uh, the following week we'll have the, uh, the Lions, uh, Vikings, and Packers uh, lumped in with our 49ers and Cowboys. So that will be a five-team show, whereas these next two are going to be four-team shows. And I want to get them, uh, for those of you that didn't see the announcement on Facebook, want to get those shows done before training camp. So, uh, you know, the uh, the Picks That Stick show always comes at the end of the preseason. And, um, you know, we, we also like to dedicate a show to the Bears. I like to do that sometime during uh, training camp during the preseason somewhere uh, along those lines. But the previewing the opponent's part, I want to get that done basically by the end of the month because I think training camp starts on the 25th or something like that. They did release the training camp schedule, and, um, you know, it's uh, very similar to last year's schedule where, oh, like 99% of the practices – our morning practices like eight thirty to 11 or or something like that and there's like two afternoon three to five practices one of which i think is on a sunday um so yeah i'm not going i don't i don't think i'm gonna go at all this year to training camp but i sure as hell i'm not going to one of those uh you know uh weekend afternoon uh practices if if anything i'll 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 make the trip down to Bourbonnais and and do one of those morning uh, deals because, uh, you know, there were 20-something thousand people at that one, uh, what was supposed to be the very first Chicago Bear Review Day at training camp. There were 20-something thousand people there because it was the only, because it was on a weekend, it was on a Saturday, I believe, and it was the only afternoon uh, practice that Trestman had really offered uh, in the, in training camp that year. All the other practices have been, you know, during the week and with the, uh, you know, 8 to, 8.30 to 11 or whatever. So a lot of fans probably weren't going to those or not as many as showed up that day, that's for sure. So um, we'll have to see what happens, but uh, I'm not going to make the same mistake I did last year and, and try to join every other Bear fan <laughs> in Bervin uh, So if we make it down, it'll, it'll be – one of those 8.30 to, to 11 practices uh, for sure. So uh, we'll uh, keep you guys posted uh, on that. So it's, uh, it's finally upon us. I mean, and this is, uh, you know, whereas uh, we thought last year was gonna be a highly anticipated year, I think this one, um, this one's gonna be big. Uh, I really do feel that, and uh, you know, Phil Emery has kind of gone about fixing what needs to be fixed and we've been lucky in the fact that it has seemed to be fixed right away so when when emory came here we had no semblance of a wide receiving core trade for brandy marshall draft alshon jeffrey and you know the passing game became better and then we went out and fixed the offensive line in 2013 we had the number two scoring offense in the entire league, and the only team better than us was the team that was the best ever as far as scoring points uh, in a regular season. You know, the the, Bron- the Broncos scoring nearly 40 points a game. The Bears were second at like 29.7 uh, or something like second in scoring offense in the league, which is unheard of as, uh, you know, for the Bears uh, anyway. So and number eight overall in, in total offense, uh, in one season, basically, uh, with, with uh, Tressman calling the plays and, and, you know, the offense and the offensive line doing its thing. Unfortunately, we also set records for yards and points given up by our defense, and uh, that's what we focused all of our uh, off-season efforts on this year. Most of our draft picks going the defensive route. Most of our free agent signings going the defensive route. So, Hopefully Phil Emery's magic works again and the defense is much improved um, uh, going into this year. Uh, and as we talked about a thousand times last season and a few times already this offseason, we don't need to be the 85 Bears out there. You know, if, if we had a, a run of the mill, if we had an average, decent defense last season, we would have won more games. Uh, than eight for sure and uh, you know we probably would have put ourselves in a pretty decent position to make a a nice run uh, at the NFC crown last year so real quick uh, just to catch up on some things before we dive into our uh, teams uh, this this time around um, some news and notes from our beloved most having to do with personnel uh, choices some interesting uh, signings some interesting cuts uh, and, and very under the radar, too, actually. Um, anybody else just learning? I mean, maybe I'm, I'm showing you guys this, because I didn't see it anywhere when it happened. Uh, the Bears already cut Izzy Adonage. Uh, and, and apparently it happened, according to the Bears transaction uh, list, they let Izzy go June 19th. I had no idea. No idea. It wasn't anywhere. I mean, and there's, uh, I follow somebody on on, on Facebook that's always posting like the latest Bears news. Didn't see it uh from him. He's actually pretty good uh when he does it, but um didn't see anything about Izzy being cut and uh so he's gone already. Uh, I guess he didn't he wasn't all that he could be during OTAs because they showed him the door pretty much right away. So Izzy's come back to Chicago as a non-starter. Uh, Fendi Unabun, uh, the, the tight end that uh, all the physical tools in the world except catching the football, which is essential when you play tight end, uh, he's, he's been cut uh, as well. Um, let's see. Uh, Dominic Hickson, the wide receiver, uh, spent the majority of his career in New York, uh, played last year in Carolina, was uh, going to compete for the third and fourth spots uh, in our receiving core this year. Uh, tore his ACL uh, in OTAs, and I think early in OTAs as well. And uh, he has also been cut, and you know, with his injury settlement, he was let go. Uh, the day that it happened, he actually kind of tweeted in a way that makes you sound like uh, uh, he might be done. Like he's because uh, I think I I think I read that this was the third ACL tear that he suffered. He had an eight nine year uh, career, so. You know, three ACL tears, I think, you know, he's going to go ahead and rehab it like he should, but he's pretty much uh, saying that, uh, you know, that ship has sailed and he's going to hang it up uh, for now. So Dominic Hickson has already been uh, let go. However, one of the more interesting signings, uh, and some thought it was due to poor performance in the OTAs, it was a combination of that and actual an injury to Jordan Palmer, Apparently, I think he hurt his shoulder or something. I think I was reading something about that yesterday. Uh, Jimmy Clausen, former second-round pick of the Carolina Panthers, um, hurt himself uh, last year, did not play at all in 2013 uh, behind uh, uh, Cam Newton down there in Carolina, but um, he was signed uh, by the Bears, so he will get a chance to compete uh, for one of the roster spots, um, competing with uh, Jordan Palmer uh, and our uh, sixth round uh, draft choice, um, David Fails, the quarterback out of San Jose State, you know, trying to take one of those uh, roster spots in the quarterback position. And uh, we'll see how well that goes. Uh, we signed Armani Edwards and Michael Spurlock, and those guys are kick return Specialist Armani Edwards was actually a quarterback at Appalachian State, and I followed his career uh, for a while when he was in college. Uh, Having gone to a one-double A school in Western Illinois, I always kind of followed you know who some of the best players in one-double A were. And uh, for anyone who remembers, I think it was 2007, the year that uh, Michigan was like the number five team in the country and had their uh, had their squash game if you will, where they invited 1AA Appalachian State to the big house and 106,000 people watched a 1AA team kick the tar out of the number five team in the country and, uh, you know, pretty much dominate the game from start to finish and, uh, beat, uh, beat Michigan up pretty good, uh, in that, uh, in that way. And they went on to win the, uh, 1AA national championship, uh, that season so uh, Armani Edza was actually the quarterback of that team he's been more of a receiver slash returner kind of guy for Carolina since he got drafted uh, into the league a couple years ago he's going to try to make team in Chicago as a kick returner as will uh, Michael Spurlock who I believe was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer before signing uh, with the Bears Um, let's see who else oh Actually, it just happened the other day. Uh, Last week, the Bears signed Adrian Wilson. Uh, And if that name sounds familiar, it should. He's, uh, for a while, he's a five-time Pro Bowler, uh, but he's been around for about 12 seasons uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, was one of their uh, more dominant and more uh, uh, successful players out there in Arizona. Uh, Signed a uh, deal with the um, Patriots last year, but actually had a... I think it was his Achilles tendon. He ruptured his Achilles in the preseason, so he didn't play at all last year. He turns 35, I think, during the season or during the preseason. He'll be 35 before the season starts, so he's definitely in the twilight of his career. However, you know, it, it, it makes you feel good, I guess, or, or it, it's Phil Emery is kind of going with the whole uh, – You know, the cream will rise to the top thing as far as the safety position is concerned, because we didn't go out and get a T.J. Ward or a Jarius Bird to kind of just say, you know, sign him and then plant him in the starting lineup and then, you know, go from there. We didn't draft Calvin Pryor in the first round of the draft when we had the chance to uh, instead of taking, uh, you know, uh, Fuller. Uh, at, at corner, we should have gone with safety. My own personal opinion, I think Fuller is going to be a hell of a player for us. But like I said, Kyle Fuller, I was, yeah, Kyle Fuller. Uh, I was going to, you know, I would have preferred the safety since uh, Aaron Donald had already been taken from us by the St. Louis Ram bastards. Um, but you know, instead of doing that, went ahead and signed about five or six different guys: uh, Ryan Mundy, uh, JD, uh, MD Jennings. Uh, you know a couple there's a guy from Dallas whose name I'm forgetting right now that we signed um, Chris Conti is coming back somehow he survived and he's gonna be uh, with us Craig Steltz is here We drafted uh, Brock Vereen uh, out of Minnesota in the fourth round who I hear is who did very very well very very well in the OTAs uh, so You know and now we got Adrian Wilson and it's no guarantee that he's going to make the team. As a matter of fact, the the one-year deal that he signed for the veteran minimum is not guaranteed at all. Which means the Bears aren't on the hook for anything if they decide to cut him during any time uh, in the process. So, you know, uh, if it's it's uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of loving um, uh, Phil Emery's strategy uh, instead of going out and getting it. The way that he's handling it, I mean, not the way that I would have wanted him to, because like I said, I would have wanted to go after a TJ Ward, somebody to come in there and say, this is the guy that's going to start right away and then maybe draft somebody else or sign someone else to fill in the other safety spot. But to go the way that we're going, I like the way that he's approaching it by saying, okay, we're going into camp with like n- 10 guys playing for you know two spots and the cream will rise to the top and whoever wins that competition should have some kind of chip on their shoulder because they ran the gauntlet of beating out you know eight other guys to uh be on the field and playing every day you know for the Bears so I kind of like uh kind of like that approach and and I hope it works out for us because uh of all the things that we did improve that was one of those big areas of need and we didn't really go out and make a splash as far as you know, we didn't sign a Jared Allen of the secondary. You know, we didn't sign somebody that people are going to expect to see things from. Somebody in our safety position, if they have a great year this year, is going to be surprising people. Maybe they're going to be surprising us, but they're certainly going to be surprising the experts because nobody really thinks much of anything we've got going in our safety spots, on in, in either of our safety spots. They think we're in good hands. We drafted Kyle Fuller. We have Peanut and Tim Jennings both coming back, you know, so we're good on that front. But in the safety spots, we signed some castaways and Mundy and MD Jennings and, you know, guys that have starters but not really blowing up the world and people who didn't really ha- weren't getting a whole lot of phone calls when the Bears called them and signed them to the roster. So we'll see how it works out. But I think that the competition thing is a good idea. I mean, the guys are going to be more appreciative of the position that they earn uh, by making this team and uh, see where we go uh, from there. So Adrian Wilson being added into the fray. And, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's it's win-win for the Bears because they signed a non-guaranteed contract, which means they don't owe Adrian Wilson a penny if he doesn't make the team. And if it does work out and Adrian Wilson plays like the Adrian Wilson of old, we've got ourselves a hell of a deal because we signed Adrian Wilson for, I think, 955000 Dollars, which in the NFL is peanuts. So, it'd be a great deal for us that uh, you know we just managed to uh, to to get uh, you know high quality play for low you know for a bottom ba- bottom you know bargain basement pricing uh, in that uh, in that area. So, we'll see. You know, hopefully, the the Adrian Wilson thing works out. If it doesn't, it's no skin off our teeth. So, the last couple of things here, real quick. Uh, number one. Patrick Manley did go ahead and retire in the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's been waiting to make a decision on whether to come back. The long-snapping position was, was his no matter what. If he was going to come back, the job was his. Boom, no problem. But um, he had uh, hip surgery in the offseason, and he said that he was, you know, he's one of those guys that says he was going to listen to his body. And uh, even after he had fully rehabbed and he was uh, 100%, the body was still telling him, "No, we're not going to do this." So he went ahead and announced it. Uh, you know, I saw it on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. I saw that he's, uh, you know, basically thanking the city and thanking the fans and, you know, the the longest tenured bear in the history of the franchise, which is saying something, considering that the franchise has been around since day one, uh, in the history of the league, uh, longest tenured guy. I think uh, the last man standing from the class of 1998 uh, retires uh, as a Bear. Played with one team his entire career, which, uh, you know, granted he's, uh, quote, unquote, just a long snapper. That's not easy for anyone to do because long snappers, those guys, you know, specialists and such, tend to be journeymen for the most part, bouncing around from team to team. Every snap he ever played in the NFL, he wore a Bear uniform. So number 65, Patrick Manley is uh, retiring, and it'll be somebody else uh, making those snaps uh, this year. So aside from Robbie Gold, we're going to have some different specialists this year. We're going to have a brand-new snapper. We're going to have a brand-new punter, uh, you know, and brand-new kick returners. Devin Hester's gone. Adam Podlish gone. Patrick Manley gone. uh, You know, uh, Robbie Gold's the only one uh, coming back this year, so... Be interested to see how our special teams performs with all those new faces uh, coming back. And then finally the best news of the offseason Brandon Marshall signing an extension. Three years, $30 million. When actually what it was, uh, basically they tore up his his because he's on his own the last year of his current contract. They basically tore that up and he signed a four-year deal uh, for $40 million. So the fourth year you know, including this season and then three others after it. So, you know, Marshall is all locked up. Uh, three years, $30 million. I don't remember how much of they said it was guaranteed, but uh, he was actually announced it when he was uh, guest appearing on The View of all places. Not on the NFL network, not on, you know, WGN in Chicago or anything like that. He was on The Friggin' View with his wife. Sitting there in the middle of the table, he actually signed the contract live on TV uh, on The View. I saw it on YouTube. Uh, Very interesting uh, way to do that. But he also uh, pledged uh, a million dollars of that uh, money to um, uh, mental illness uh, awareness. You know, having um, someone who uh, suffers from uh, borderline personality uh, disorder and, uh, you know, it's a struggle every day to try to keep it under control, and, uh, you know, to be able to contribute uh, a million dollars of that is quite commendable uh, on his part, but, uh, you know, from a football standpoint, we've got that guy locked up for three more years, which is awesome, and uh, you got a happy Brandon Marshall who's not going to be worrying about where he's playing next year or a guy that's unhappy about how many balls he's getting and thinking about going somewhere else. He knows he's going to be here for at least the next three seasons well four including this year plus three seasons after that so we get him and then Alshon will be eligible to talk about a new deal after the end of this season going into 2015 we get those two locked up together and our offense being in great shape with Cutler and Jeffrey and Marshall being together for the next handful of seasons so should be something to look forward to all right so that's all of the news and notes that we have right now We're gonna go ahead and get started with our team previews now. Uh, Gonna go in alphabetical order, kicking things off with the Buffalo Bills and how we see them going in 2014. Somewhat of a breaking news thing in regard to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, one of their best players, the uh, defending uh, AFC Rookie of the Year, Kiko Alonso, tore his ACL yesterday or sometime, or at least it was reported yesterday, tore his ACL in, in working out because the OTAs are over now. Um, you know, Basically, these guys are working out to stay in shape to get ready for training camp that kicks off in a few weeks. Uh, he tore his ACL and, uh, they haven't made the official announcement about him being done, but I, I believe he, you know, like they're, they're going to confirm with an MRI and, and so on and so forth. But, uh, you know, it's been pretty much announced that he's torn ACL. So he's going to miss the 2014 season. Uh, I found this out after I did all my notes on the bills and how I thought they would, uh, you know, kind of shake out this year and, uh, that actually changes some things. Uh, that he was, uh, you know, I think like a third, third sec, third fourth round pick uh, last year, something like that. But uh, worked out huge for them. Absolutely fantastic uh, player uh, for him. He actually was one of those guys that came out of the, right out of the gate uh, last year and uh, had like four interceptions in the first four games of the season, or something like that. And, uh, you know, Alonzo was a second-round pick last year. My mistake. He was a second-round pick uh, last year, but he kind of, you know, came right out of the gate last year, made a huge impact early on in the season, uh, played a big part in the Bills beating Carolina early in the season, even though Carolina caught fire somewhere around, like, week five, week six. They started the year one and three. Um, But, like, week two... Kiko Alonso defensively had a big hand in helping beat the Carolina Panthers, and uh, kind of gave some early hope to the youth movement that they got going on. Or you know, because they had you know EJ Manuel, their starting quarterback, their first-round pick, their second-round pick, Kiko Alonso. Those two guys having big games in that game against Carolina last year, where they came from behind to win. And uh, like the the last drive, I actually was watching the end of that game. Uh they came back and scored touchdowns with seconds to go uh in that game. I think Alonzo had two interceptions uh in that game and spe- even the one I think that iced the game for them so uh losing him is gonna hurt uh quite a bit so uh you know they're gonna be scrounging to uh to replace him. I haven't heard of any uh corresponding moves to to add uh you know another linebacker or uh maybe they try to pull london fletcher out of uh out of retirement, who just retired after, you know, 50 years playing for the Redskins and, uh, and so on. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens there or what they try to do to compensate for losing him. But uh, that's a huge loss uh, for the Bills. Defense was one of their big, big strong points last year. Um, the, uh, the defense had, uh, let's see, defense was 10th overall, number four against the pass, Fourth against the pass, and was second in the NFL with 57 sacks last year. 41, I believe. 41 of which came from their front four. Mario Williams, Marcel Darius. Uh, let's see, I wrote all their names down. Uh, Marcel Darius, Mario Williams, Kyle Williams, and Jerry Hughes, uh, the front four. Three of those four, I think Darius being the exception, uh, had 10 sacks last year. So t- three guys with 10 plus sacks. Uh, on the same offense, or excuse me defensive line with Darius, who I think was the, the lone man in single digits. I think he had seven and a half sacks, which is still pretty damn good for a defensive tackle. Um, and they were second in the NFL with twenty-three interceptions. So this is a football team that knows how to create those uh turnovers in the passing game. However, they were twenty eighth against the run last year. So that's some place that they need to Greatly improve, and they're going to have to do it with a brand new defensive coordinator because Mike Pettin, their uh, defensive coordinator from last year, is now the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. So, but they do have a uh, a a big name replacing Pettin at the defensive coordinator position, somebody that uh, we bear fans know very well because we've watched him be a uh, lousy lousy sportsman head coach uh on the other side of the field uh and he actually swept us last year and don't get me started on those freaking games uh former lions head coach jim swartz is the brand new defensive coordinator for the uh for the bills now he's he focuses more on a 4-3 style uh defense and the bills kind of ran one of what they call a a 3-4 hybrid so more times than not, they're in a 3-4 setup, but, you know, they do from time to time have a four-down lineman setup and, you know, rush the passer uh, that way. He's going to kind of kind of do what, um, what Mel Tucker did, kind of with a if-it-ain't-broke-don't-fix-it mentality going into uh, looking at how he was going to basically try to incorporate as much of Lovey's defense into the system as he could. But, um, you know, we'll see how Jim Schwartz kind of puts his own uh, spin on things. As far as the pass rush is concerned, that's, that's the if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. But they need to do much, much better uh, against the run than they did in uh, th- excuse me, 2013, where they gave up uh, about 130 yards a game uh, in the league, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the season last year 28th overall in the league 14 out of 16 teams in AFC uh conference so they need to do better uh against the run and losing your middle linebacker in Kiko Alonso that's gonna hurt you know if you were 28 with that guy imagine what they'll be without him and uh depending on who they is they get uh uh, to replace him so staying on the defensive side of things we talked about jarius bird hoping that the bears might be able to entice him but the price tag was just a bit more than we were looking to spend he did uh leave to go to new orleans a team that we will see uh later on this year uh on a monday night game in december which is good for us because the saints suck in cold weather so that that will hopefully that will come to fruition again once again uh but jarius Byrd leaves uh leaves Buffalo to go to Greener Pastures in uh, New Orleans. Uh, 2011 fourth-round pick uh, Donoris Searcy will uh, will replace him. He joins uh, Aaron Williams, uh, Stephon Gilmore, and Leotis McKelvin. Gilmore and McKelvin are both first-round draft choices uh, for the Bills, and they also signed Corey Graham uh, to a free agent deal uh, this season. Corey Graham spent the last two years in Baltimore winning a Super Bowl uh in 2012 after leaving us in chicago wanting to wanting to play more defense uh he went ahead and played his played defense and won a super bowl uh with the uh ravens in 2012 became I think maybe he was a salary cap casualty um already being let go in baltimore because i know he signed more than a two-year deal with the ravens or i'm pretty sure he did anyway and uh so he'll be in in buffalo trying to earn that uh nickels nickel slot and uh, help them out uh, there like i said the linebacking core had kiko Alonso. it also has keith rivers who is a former first round pick of the uh cincinnati Bengals, and brandon spikes who's kind of uh in in fu mode uh right now he was let go by the new england patriots signed to a one-year deal by the uh, buffalo bills this is a guy who's going to be playing with a pretty big chip on his shoulders not only does he get to play the Patriots twice this year and get back at them for the way that he was. You know, he's one of those guys that came out publicly against Bill Belichick and, you know, how this guy really thinks of himself and blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, kind of a disgruntled employee, if you will. And, uh, you know, so expect him to have his ears pinned back when the the Patriots come to town uh, later on this season. He gets the first crack at uh, New England. Let's see, week number... Week number six, and that's in Buffalo. So the, they come to New England. New England comes to Buffalo first, October the twelfth, and that's uh, week six. And don't see him again until week seventeen uh, in New England. So um, you know, Spikes will be uh, ready to go. But like I said, with Alonzo gone there in the middle, they've got to do some uh, they're gonna have to do some heavy lifting to get that guy replaced. So. Uh, defense like i said was the strength of this team last year 23 interceptions and not to speak of you know what the turnovers uh were like uh, elsewhere they only had a 3 a plus 3 turnover differential as 11th in the league last year so you know if they were second in the league with 23 interceptions that also means they're probably turning over the football quite a bit if they still managed to be if they only managed to be plus 3 in the turnover department, that means they were turning the ball over a lot. So that switch is on over to the offensive side of things. You know, this is a team that, that's, uh, you know, had a rookie quarterback last year, E.J. Manuel. This is year number two for him. He was four and six as a rookie last year. He missed some games uh, with some injuries. I think it was an, he sprained his knee or something like that. He got hurt um, in that buff. Uh, it was a Thursday night game between the Bills and the Browns. Which actually turned out to be a much better game than was advertised. It's like, oh great, the Bills and the Browns are playing. Let me let me tune into that. It turned out to be a slugfest, one of the more entertaining games uh, last season. You know, Manuel missed. Uh, you know, he was four and six, so that's ten games. So he he missed six games uh, last season, and this is a team that went six and ten. So, but it won four of those games. Four of those six games with. E.J. Manuel under center so they were two and two and four without him but you know they lost the majority of their football games with uh without him on the field so um you know he's coming in this is a big year for him and this is actually a big year for the organization um Ralph Wilson their longtime owner passed away during the off season. they're looking to sell the team and you know this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 14 years. For, it was 1999, so this is like year number 15. If they don't make it, the Music City Miracle for anyone who remembers that the Bills and the Titans, you know, the the kickoff uh, play, the you know, where Frank Wycheck runs to the opposite end of the field and then throws it back. Some people thought it was a forward pass, blah blah blah. You know. Uh, Replay says it wasn't a. It was a forward pass, it's a lateral, the touchdown counts. The Titans go to the Super Bowl that year, and the Bills exit the postseason ever since. They have not been back since then. That was the last taste of the postseason that the Buffalo Bills have had. And here we are, God knows how many head coaches later. It's a different organization now. They're going to have new owners. Ralph Wilson did not leave the team to his family. So it's being sold. And all this talk about a franchise moving to Los Angeles and so on, talk about a team that's ripe for it. Buffalo being one of the smallest markets that the NFL has to offer with a brand new owner in tow, you know, maybe he's going to take his billion dollar investment that it's going to take to to get the Buffalo and move them to Los Angeles to go from one of the lowest market teams in the league to the second largest market in the country and you know money wise that's got to that's got to be throwing dollar signs at you but we'll have to see uh, that the point being that uh, this team is going to have to do some work in order to keep the Bills fans happy to convince the the new owners that Buffalo is the place for them to be This is where their future lies, and this is where they want to stay, and so on. And also, you know, these guys, this is year number two um, for uh, Doug Maroney, the new head coach uh, out there in Buffalo, year number two for E.J. Manuel uh, to see, you know, what kind of, what the experiment's going to look like for them. The new owners, you know how they do. I mean, look at the Bills, or excuse me, the Browns. They they bring in a brand-new owner. They fire the GM after one year. They fire the coach after one year. We got new GM, new head coach, and a new quarterback and Johnny Manziel going forward in in Cleveland. Bang, bang, bang. It happened all just like that. You know, they sell the football team. He comes in after one season and cleans house, and we're starting over fresh again. Very much could be the deal in Buffalo that the new owner wants to put his own stamp on things instead of inheriting things and move on so unless these guys blow unless these guys blow the new owner's hair back the they could be all looking for new jobs uh next season and this team could be playing on the west coast in a year or two we'll have to uh wait and see on that so but um you know they do have a decent one-two punch running back with cj spiller uh and fred jackson uh although these guys uh, fred jackson kind of getting up there in years cj spiller's had some injury issues at first it was wrist and it's a knee you know that kind of thing uh they also made a draft day trade with the philadelphia eagles to add bryce brown uh to the running back core to add a third back in there you know kind of add some insurance in there some depth if one of those two guys goes down and history says one of them at least one of them will then you've got bryce brown in there you don't really you can still kind of hit the ground running and and you're good to go and that point Now, when it comes to the wide receiving core, this is where the Bills made headlines on draft day. They made a huge trade to go from number nine uh, in the first round. They moved all the way up to number four to take Sammy Watkins, that that stud wide receiver out of Clemson, who was, even though he's only six foot one, is basically being billed as Clemson. Calvin Johnson of the SEC last year for the Clemson Tigers, they moved up five spots and they gave up next year's first round and fourth round picks to do it. So they go from nine to four and they gave up next year's first round pick to do it. So like I said, uh, this kind of further goes to reiterate the fact that these guys might be playing for uh, for their jobs when the GM makes a move like that that leaves them without a first round pick next year that kind of sends the message that we're trying to win now. We're trying to win now because the future apparently doesn't matter. Or it's like we're not worried about the future. We're worried about right here, right now. So we're going to go out and get the guy that can best help us right now and add a guy like um, Sammy Watkins to our wide receiving core. And, you know, they made some moves in the receiving core. Very interesting. They, they they have Robert Woods, who was their first round pick last year, but he was more of a you know wasn't more, he's more of a possession guy. Whereas uh, you know Sammy Watkins is going to be the playmaker. They also made a trade to, with Tampa Bay. It was a six round pick to get Mike Williams. From the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was kind of having some issues down there in Florida, change of scenery. He's only like a million dollars, uh, you know, 1.3 million, I think, something like that. So he's not a big financial risk. He's in the last year of his deal. Uh, it only have cost him a six round pick to to make the trade. And Williams, a couple years ago that when when Tampa Bay had that big year with Josh Freeman and, and Mike Williams hooking up uh, all the time, you know, that's who they're kind of hoping that uh, maybe this change of scenery will will bring Mike Williams back to being that player again to go along with Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Boom, then you've got something on your hands there. So it's uh, that's kind of what they're trying to hope to do and kind of make the offense a little bit more uh, explosive uh, than it's been. But, you know, they pra- they played a heavy price to, uh, to get to that position with uh, giving up a first-round pick and a fourth-rounder. Uh, next season to make that uh, move uh, up front uh, they drafted second round uh, in the second round Cyrus Kawanjo, uh an offensive tackle from the University of Alabama uh, a good luck good move for them he was one of those guys that was supposed to go in the first round uh, they signed former bear Chris Williams who uh, you know played decent for the Rams last year he's going to be their left guard he joins uh, Cordy Glenn who was a, a nice surprise for them I think he was like a fourth round pick for him uh, a year or two ago, done well at left tackle. Uh, Eric Wood, a former first-round pick for them, is uh, their center on the offensive line. Um, gives them a super huge offensive line. Like every one of these guys is like 6'5". I think the lightest one, the lightest guy is like 3'15". The rest of them are like 3'30", 3'40", up there. So these these guys are studs and, uh, you know, what we'll try to help them uh, improve in the run game. Actually, you can't get much better. They were number two in the NFL running the football last year, 144 yards a game, 28th in passing, which is why the uh, the Sammy Watkins trade makes a lot more sense when you look at it uh, in the statistics. And, um, you know, they had a hell of a uh, draft, uh, Sammy Watkins in the first round, Cyrus Quanjo in the second from Alabama, and their third-round pick just became the most important pick in this draft because uh, he's a middle linebacker. Preston Brown from the University of Louisville and he's going to be the guy I would think just looking at their roster he's going to be their guy that uh, replaces Kiko Alonzo he's just been thrust into a uh into a uh starting position instead of backing up last year's defensive rookie of the year he's going to be playing for him so you know like I said, Preston Brown, who was one of those guys that was like, yeah, don't be surprised if uh, he could be like the sleeper pick uh, for them. He's going to get a chance to prove that correctly uh, here in 2014. So it's, uh, you know, those uh, those first three picks, Sammy Sammy Watkins and Quanjo are definitely going to be starters on the offensive side. Now their third-round pick, Preston Brown, he's going to get a shot probably to play that middle linebacker spot uh, and fill in for the injured uh, Kiko Alonso. So could make for some for an interesting scenario next year in 2015 when alonzo's ready to come back but this year it's uh quite an important deal that uh that they made that 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 pick in the third round to go ahead and, and pick Preston brown so that's how the offense and the defense shape up and just looking at this team they were um You know, let's see, there were one, two, three, four and four at home last year, which means there were two and six on the road. So get a game or two better at home, get a couple of games better on the road, and, you know, six and ten can easily become ten and six. So it's just a matter of being able to flip the switch and get the get a ball to bounce your way instead of going against you, uh, things like that. They they lost two overtime games last year, one to Cincinnati, one to Atlanta. Uh, both of those were home games too. So they lost tight games at home in overtime. Uh, you know, to the Brown, excuse me, excuse me to the Bengals and the uh, Falcons. Um, you know, they. Um, Looks like they swept the Dolphins last year. They they split with the Jets. So you know this team that went three and three in its its division um, last year. If they go ahead and make the improvements uh, in the passing game and in the run defense, you know they could be ripe for the picking. Right now, I kind of like them as the number two team uh, in the division at this point with because of their defense as long as their defense can keep them in games, they've got this young offense. But it all all hinges on whether or not E.J. Manuel and Sammy Watkins can hook up. Can C.J. Spiller and Fred Jackson stay healthy? Can that offensive line gel together with the two brand-new faces? And now the biggest question mark on defense, can Kiko Alonso's productivity be replaced from what it was a year ago? So a lot of questions surrounding the Bills, but these guys have potential to be that, uh, that team that finally challenges New England uh, in this AFC East. So that's the report on the Bills. We're going to go ahead, and I believe the Dolphins are next. The Dolphins are next in, uh, in our alphabetical order here. So let's go ahead and skip on over to the Dolphins and see what we think about them in 2014. This is your last to get it right.
0: Do your dance on the, edge of the night. It's your life.
1: This is a football team in the Miami Dolphins that actually just barely missed the playoffs last year. Uh, and, and very much like the Bears, they had an opportunity to make the playoffs. They kind of had the inside track on, on making the playoffs last year. They were 8-6 and six going into the last two games of the season. They lost them both. And what makes it hurt is that both of those games were division games. They, they lost those games to um, – where'd it go? There it is. One second while I pull my notes up here. Uh, at Buffalo, the team we were just talking about, they were shut out actually 19 uh, to nothing, and then practically blanked by the Jets 20 to 7 on the road in the meadowlands last year but this is a football team like i said that was pretty much in charge of its own destiny going into the last two weeks of the season which would have made for a hell of a story for this team because of everything that they'd faced last year if you guys remember this was the team that was dealing with the bullying scandal last year with the richie incognito jonathan martin thing uh last year both of those guys are gone now richie incognito was, uh, you know, I think actually in last year was the last year of his deal because he wasn't cut or anything like that. Uh, and then Jonathan Martin was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. So both of those guys are gone. So the, the cancer has been cut out uh, of the team and no longer around. And, you know, the, this was the team that but had to deal with that all of last year. And, and also these guys can't kind of – get out of their own way when it comes to uh social media um you know last april mike um uh, you know mike wallace was making uh you know kind of took a shot at jason collins who was the 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 first nba player that came out you know the openly gay nfl player uh mike pouncey that uh, he couldn't be waiting to get gifts uh from a rookie you know kind of a hazing Thing which is kind of frowned upon in the league i mean this is just after the whole bullying scandal uh took place and then uh don jones i believe he's a defensive back um had some negative things to say on twitter about the michael sam and his boyfriend kissing uh on tv after he got drafted uh, by the rams you know personally i didn't enjoy seeing that you know to tell you the truth but uh not so much that I viewed my, you know, decided to vent my disgust with the entire world watching. I mean, even somebody like, you probably didn't even know who John Don Jones was until I just told you. But if you go out and you say something like that, people like ESPN and Fox Sports and all those kind of stuff, if you're an NFL player, they're following you on Twitter. So they're going to see that you said that, and then your comments, if you're stupid enough... To say something ignorant like that on social media will be all over SportsCenter, all over Fox Sports Live, all over anything you can imagine, and the internet for millions of other people to see uh, immediately. And uh, you know, one of those—that's one way to go from uh, you know obscurity to to being one of the more hated people in football and you know for someone who people didn't know your name yesterday and you're on the tips of everyone's tongue today that's no way to get it done so this is a team that really needs to focus on football and uh i'm I'm guessing that a lot of these guys there wouldn't be nothing in the world that they would love to do more than just focus on the game and just play the game because apparently they you know they can't be trusted to just be themselves and uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these guys can't can't be unsupervised basically is is what it uh what it appears to be so you know it's it's uh this is one of those team and you know i, I chose that song last chance to um as kind of the intro song because this really is the last chance uh for this team uh you know F- philbin the the head coach this is his third season uh out there and after the lock, you know, basically he lost control of the locker room last season. They have the collapse there at the end of the season where they're in control of their own destiny to make the playoffs and then lose to the divisional opponents. I believe both of which they'd beaten earlier in the season to have them to have it collapse on them like that. Uh, you know, that's not good. You know, it's not good. So then all of a sudden, instead of being that team that overcame the. All of the scrutiny and the, you know, the fact that they're one of those infamous franchises, there was a real black eye for the dolphins having, you know being center stage with the, the whole bullying scandal, and, and all the things that came to light with 3G incognito, and who knew and who didn't, and, and so on and so forth, to be able to, to overcome that and make the playoffs would have been a tremendous story for them. It would have been amazing but instead they have they lose those last two games they don't make the playoffs and the bullying scandal remains a sore black eye for the team a playoff run would have erased basically you know because this is a what have you done for me lately society that we live in they make the playoffs then it becomes a footnote to the season because they overcame that ugliness to transcend and make the playoffs but instead you know it can be looked upon as their undoing. This was the distraction they could not get past and it cost them a trip to the playoffs last year because of the inner turmoil because every reporter took every opportunity to ask them every single interview about the bullying scandal even if you weren't a part of it. It was just one of those things that didn't go away and they weren't able to overcome it and it cost them a shot at the playoffs last year so film it is definitely coaching for his job they have a brand new uh G- general manager jeff ireland was let go they have a brand new offensive coordinator and uh i think it's bill bill laser bill lazor uh from the uh, was the quarterback coach with the philadelphia eagles um last year and uh you know, it's, it's going to take, a, a uh, you know, a playoff appearance and maybe even a, a little playoff run uh, to save Philbin's job uh, this year. And you're trying to do it with a brand-new offensive coordinator, uh, who, you know, who's promising a more up-tempo, wide-open attack than what they've had in the past. We'll see how all that uh, goes uh, for the Dolphins. But, uh, you know, this is a team that was statistically it was very ugly for them last year. They were in the upper 20s. And offense, the mid to upper 20s on defense as well is one of those teams that didn't really do one particular thing, kind of like where the the, the Bills were, you know, 57 sacks, number two in the league, number two in interceptions. The Dolphins not coming close uh, to those numbers. So, you know, they, uh, they've got some work to do. On the offense, you know, O-line improvement was needed the most. They gave up 58 sacks last year, which could be attributed to why Ryan Tannehill didn't really improve from year one to year two, although he did put up some pretty decent numbers last year, but they went ahead and signed uh, chief offensive tackle uh, Brandon Albert to a big free agent contract. Uh, They stole Shelly Smith away from the uh st louis rams both of those guys are going to be starting to go along with uh, first round pick juwan james from tennessee he'll be at right tackle and they enjoy they join mike pouncey who is a pro bowl center and um dallas thomas who played their right guard um you know th- with those three new faces on the offensive line to see if they can gel well enough to keep Tannehill upright where uh, you know it's it's one thing to say he was sacked 58 times but if you've been sacked 58 times you were under pressure a hell of a lot more than 58 times throughout the year. Ask Jay Cutler. You know, he was sacked, you know, 49 times in a season. He was under pressure a hell of a lot more than 49 times, uh, you know, in a season and so on. So it's, uh, it's not one thing to have him sacked 48 times. It's another thing to have him hit 558 times uh, in the season and only get sacked 58 is, uh, you know, that's, that's how it can, uh, can be. Uh, the running game is going to be an issue for them. They, they went out and they signed Sean Moreno to get him away from the Broncos, but he's still having some issues uh, with his, uh, I believe it's a knee problem. Uh, he's not 100%. He just, I think he just got scoped again. So he, I think he's going to miss the first few weeks of uh, training camp, and uh, he's not 100% yet still waiting for him to come around. So they're still stuck with the guys that were there last year, Daniel Thomason and Lamar Miller. So that's not going to to get any better. Uh, Mike Wallace, a former Steeler, got big money to join the team last year but did not produce big money uh, statistics uh, for them. Uh, Brian Hartline and Brandon Gibson are both recovering from knee injuries, but they, they kind of drafted a, a jewel in the rough, if you will, uh, in the second round. They drafted um, Jarius Landry from LSU, who was kind of overshadowed by first-round pick uh, Odell Beckham, Jr., who went to the New York Giants. Uh, but this guy is uh, supposed to be the real deal. so he could be one of those uh, those second round gems uh, if it turns out that they uh, you know that he turns out to be the player most people think he will be. You know, we'll have to, uh, to wait and see on that. But uh, like I said, it's they, they made moves, but n- but nothing real significant. You know, it's a big year for Miami where real progress is needed and a roster that doesn't really seem suited for it. And uh, just before I started recording the show, it was announced on SportsCenter. Last year's first-round pick, Deion Jordan, who was number three overall, they made a big trade to move up to pick him uh, last year, suspended for the first four games. Uh, of the 2014 season for uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And, um, you know, it's not going to hurt the defense too much because he only had about three sacks last year. He wasn't a big contributor for them last season. But when you draft a guy third overall and you trade up to get him, you're expecting big things from him. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a blow. But they have a talent-rich defensive line. Cameron Wake, Oliver Vernon, and uh, Randy Starks all, uh, you know, were, were high productive. They had over 40 sacks last year as a, as a unit. Uh, linebacking corps is light. Donnell Ellerby, who has not lived up to the free agent money that he got when he left uh, Baltimore after the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, the DBs have kind of been patchworked by castaways. Uh, they uh, Cortland Finnegan and Louis Delmas, both on one-year deals, uh, down to Miami, Cortland Finnegan didn't live up to his huge contract in St. Louis and was let go. Louis DeMoss, uh couldn't stop it with the injuries in Detroit, so they sent him packing. Uh, they joined Brent Grimes, who was a huge—I mean, they're, they're kind of hoping that he'll be Brent Grimes for them. Brent Grimes signed a, a one-year contract with the Dolphins, had a lights-out season for him last year. They signed him to a long-term extension in the, in the offseason uh, to go along with uh, Rashad Jones. Uh in the secondary there kind of I think they're kind of hoping that maybe the same thing will happen with cortland Finnegan and or um Louis Delmas. so uh maybe one of those guys will catch on and catch fire and have a big year for them and really help them out and uh you know, playing on that one year must prove myself contract and see how that works out for them but um you know it it's the the magazine that I have here. is predicting them to be in fourth place and after reading everything that i have you know the the whole that's that's still going to be an issue for them this year that whole thing with the the bullying scandal like i said they pretty much could have made that go away because they overcame it by making the playoffs they blew their chance when they lost those last two games to make that go away it's still going to be something that they're going to be asked about at the very least early on in the season Because you have new rookies, there's going to be hazing with the rookies, or are they not being allowed to haze at all because they're paranoid about last year? It's still going to be a distraction that early on in this process, this very crucial year that they have, you know, they've got a new GM, the coach is on thin ice, you know, the quarterback that hasn't been living up to its billing so far, you know, it's like Philbin and Tannehill could both be looking for new jobs next year. If uh, the GM doesn't like what he sees, he's going to bring in his own people, draft the quarterback early in the first round next year, and see where they go from there. So, like I said, this is a a team that needs to have a big year, and I don't think they have the horses to make it happen. So that's my take on the the Dolphins. I'm not going to make any predictions as far as records, or at least not until the picks that stick show. And, uh, you know, because to tell you the truth, aside from just glancing at the schedule as I'm talking to you guys here, I haven't really looked over you know, and, and mapped out wins and losses and, and things like that. So we'll wait until we get further along in the process, maybe get a chance to see uh, some of these guys uh, play because the NFL Network plays all of the preseason games on there. So you try to catch a bit of it uh, here and there. So we'll, uh, we'll wait to, to hold off on predicting the records. But if I had to predict the place, um, I think the Dolphins are going to be fighting to stay out of the cellar this year. So uh, they finished – it's tied for second technically, because they were eight and eight, and so were the Jets. But uh, this is a team that I think is probably going to be on the on the bottom, looking up at the rest of the division uh, when twenty fourteen is all said and done. I'm the And when you're talking about the king of the mountain, who else could we be talking about except for the king of the AFC East Mountain, the New England Patriots? And to tell you the truth, there's not really a whole lot to talk about here because it's Belichick and it's Brady and they're still together. And regardless of the fact that Brady's going to be 37 or turning 37 this year, um, you know, you really haven't seen that steep. Drop off uh, that you see when somebody's production is beginning to decline or, or anything like that. Uh, as long as the offensive line can keep Brady upright, they somehow still manage to uh, to make magic things happen. You know, and, and for a team that that you know for the most part likes to build through the draft and uh, you know go with its own players, they made possibly the biggest defensive signing of the uh, of the offseason when they signed Darrell Revis and uh you know he was let go by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cut by the team in March and uh came up to New England and signed a one-year deal uh with them and they can turn it into a, a multi-year deal after this season if it works out uh in New England but uh, you know Revis comes into town back to his old stomping grounds in the East. so instead of playing against brady and and company twice a year he gets to go up against his old team in the new york jets who we'll be talking about here in a few minutes um going up against them and uh seeing how that uh seeing how that will work out especially since the jets don't really have anything to speak of as far as wide receivers are concerned we'll talk about that in in a few minutes i don't really think eric decker is going to work out the way they want him to but um you know, like I said, it's Brady and it's Belichick, and you know, regardless of the cast of characters, as long as those two guys are in place, it pretty much seems like the Patriots are going to roll. However, it does not mean Super Bowl success. It hasn't for over a decade now, and the last title they won in 2004 uh, when they beat the Eagles in Super Bowl 39 down there in Jacksonville. You know, they've been back twice since then, but lost both of those games, both to the New York Giants in 07 and in 2011. So, you know, this is a, a team that, that knows how to win, but uh, hasn't been able to win the biggest game. They've, uh, you know, th- they've pretty much got a permanent ticket in the AFC championship game. They've been like the last f- four, I believe, 20, I, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. They've been in the AFC title game pretty much every year. Uh, they lost to the Broncos last year. They lost to the Ravens the year before that. The year before that, they beat the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl and, and, and everything. So it's, it's uh, one of those things. They're, they're always right there. Um, but as far as being that team where it's an automatic thing and New England's going to get it done and uh, win the Super Bowl, they're not that team. So they've kind of become what the Colts used to be. Whereas they they're the ones that dominate the off season or dominate the regular season, they uh, they own their division. But when they get to the postseason, they stumble eventually. Now this is a team that specializes in making deep trips into the into the playoffs, but a team that for the for the most part can't seal the deal. And um, you know while until someone beats them, you have to pick the Patriots to win this division. There's no sexy pick. As far as saying, you know, uh, well, I think the Bills are going to win the division this year. That's no one's going to say that except maybe a very optimistic Bills fan. But, um, you know, if they get Gronkowski back healthy, if uh, Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen, their running backs, can stay healthy at the same time, uh, you know, they won't miss LeGarrette Blunt, who left in free agency. Uh, the offensive line's bringing back all five starters. They gave up 40 sacks last year, but they're still a solid group. Uh, the defense will get uh, Gerard Mayo and Vince Wilfork back, who they lost uh, to injuries last year. They added Del Rivas and signed Will Smith away from the New Orleans Saints uh, in free agency. They also signed Brandon Browner, cornerback from the Seattle Seahawks. He's going to miss the first four games of the year because of uh, you know, drug suspension or PED suspension or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, with Browner on one side and and uh, Rebus on the other, that could be a hell of a tandem uh, throughout the uh, course of the uh, the season. And, uh, you know, so like I said, we was talking about Gronkowski a minute ago. He's uh, an amazing weapon when he's healthy. Uh, ironically, he hasn't, you know, he didn't miss a game the first couple years of his, uh, r- you know, of his career. But then after he signed his big money deal in after the 2012 season, Now now all of a sudden he can't see healthy. Uh, He missed, you know, uh, a handful of games last year, recovering from the wrist injury that cut last, you know, the 2012 season short, and then a few games into his return towards ACL. So he's, you know, recovering from ACL surgery and looking to try to get back into into that spot. The good news for the Patriots and bad news for us is – as Bear fans, is that they have an 11-game winning streak against the NFC North Division. They were 4-0 against us in 2010, 4-0 against us in 2006, and 3-1 in 2002. So, you know, I think they lost the first game of the of that set and then won the last three games, and then all 4 and 6 all 4 in 2010. So they're probably thrilled to see the bears packers lions and vikings on their schedule this year because they haven't lost to us in over a decade so hopefully that's a trend that we in chicago can break uh but we'll be heading up to foxborough to play the patriots week number eight uh this year it's actually the last game before the bye which has the last few years not been a good game for us uh we tend to stumble just before the bye weeks we it's been a few years since we were victorious going into the bye and I'm, i'm hard-pressed to remember when's the last time we won a game going into the buy instead of because I, I i can like vividly remember at least the last two or three seasons uh when i make those covers for the shows for the chicago bears review uh the caption that i put on those pictures <laughs> stumbling into the buy once again you know that kind of thing because uh, we i don't think we've won a pre-buy pri-week game in in a few years so uh we'll see it's uh the last of five road games in the first half of the schedule for the bears. So maybe we'll put a happy spin on it since we only have three road games after the bye uh, this season, we'll have to wait and see, but back to the Patriots. Um, you know, a lot of the, some of their players are getting up there in age, but like I said, these are guys that they, they build through the draft and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, like to, to go about doing it, uh, that way. Um, You know, they drafted Dominic Easley, the defensive tackle out of Florida, in the first round. Uh, They drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterback from Eastern Illinois, in the second round, which is interesting. Um, You know, this is also a team that, that also always has more than their allotted picks going in. You know, where they come in and somehow next year they have three second round picks because of moves that they made. Somebody moved up in the fourth round and gave up next year's second rounder to do it kind of thing. So uh, this is a team that does like to keep the this, the roster uh, fresh with young blood and, and try to move on that way. It also helps you keep the roster cheap. Uh, so that you can go out and pay Darryl, Darrell Revis $12 million in a season or you can pay Tom Brady $19 million, uh to be your quarterback uh, and so on. But um, like I said, there's not a whole lot to talk about with the Patriots as long as the team can stay healthy or at least healthier than they did last year. I mean, they were 12-4 and four, even without Gronkowski, Will Fork, Gerard Mayo, uh, and so on last year. You know, 8-0 at home, 6-0 and in their division. You know, this is a team that... Uh, you know, can pretty much stamp its in the playoffs. This is the team that, that pretty much just has to worry about getting through the, uh, the the regular season in one piece, and then seeing what they can do against the elite in their conference. So that's all we got for the New England Patriots. Go ahead and get ra- things uh, wrapped up with uh, Rex Ryan, who is miraculously back for his sixth season, and the New York Jets. I'm back. Back in the New York. So as I said, Rex Ryan back for a sixth season. In the uh at the helm of the uh the New York Jets. He became the coach in two thousand and nine. And in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, the Jets made it all the way to the AFC championship game, uh, falling uh to the um The who is it? The Steelers and the Colts in those uh, respective uh, games. And both those teams went on to lose the Super Bowl, ironically enough. But uh, since then, it's been mediocrity after mediocrity uh, out there uh, in New York City. And, um, you know, they went uh, nine and seven his first year and made the playoffs and went on that run. And then they went eleven and five in 2010 but have been 8 and 8 6 and 10 and 8 and 8 in the last three seasons uh under rex ryan and uh, has not been it has not been good there in new york it's it's uh mostly the, the biggest problems obviously have been on the offensive side of the ball mark sanchez not the uh not the player they were hoping to get when they took him fifth overall in 2009 uh had a decent rookie season. He certainly wasn't the reason they were winning games. He wasn't losing games for them, but he wasn't winning games uh, for them. It only got worse over the last three seasons, that whole butt fumble thing where he ran into the, into the butt of his own offensive lineman and fumbled the football. It turned into a touchdown uh, for the, 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 the Patriots. That's who they were playing uh, that day. He got hurt in the preseason, didn't play a down last year, and is actually signed with the Philadelphia Eagles to back up uh, uh, Nick Foles out there in Philly this year. So the Mark Sanchez experiment was over, deemed extremely unsuccessful, even after two deep playoff runs with him as their quarterback in 09 and, and 2010. And, you know, Rex Ryan, his defenses have been, have been good. Uh, they're... You know they've drafted uh, Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, they drafted uh, Sheldon Richardson in in their last couple of drafts. You know uh, who have been stud players for them. They have a hell of a defensive front with those guys uh, included uh, in there. Uh, you know Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, and then um, you know Damon Damon Harrison in in the middle as their nose tackle. Uh, their linebackers, Quentin Copel is another first-round pick. Demario Davis. David Harris, I believe, was a second-rounder. Calvin Pace, a big free agent signing that came over uh, with Rex Ryan in 09. Uh, D. Milner, that's a former first-rounder. Uh, you know, Calvin Pryor, this year's first-round pick. You know, a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. It's the offense that's been killing them lately. So, I mean, just looking at last year's numbers – They were number 11 overall, number three against the run, only allowing 88 yards a game uh, last year. Boy, if the Bears could have had something like that last year, huh? Um, They were 22nd against the pass, though, over 246 yards uh, a game. And middle of the road, though, 19th in scoring, um, not good in forcing. They were minus 14 in turnover differential, which means they were turning the ball way too much and not getting it back enough on defense. Only 13 interceptions all of last year, tied for 22nd uh, in the league last year. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they were 6th in rushing, which I'm sure something to do with that to the fact that Geno Smith is more of a scrambler uh, at the quarterback position, 31st in passing, and 29th, only 18 points a game last year, scoring. So, I mean, this was a football team that, um, you know, 18 points, 10 points, um, and I'm going in order here. They scored 27 against the Bills, 13. Uh, they scored 30 to beat the Falcons. Then they scored six. Uh, they beat the Patriots in overtime, but then then they followed it up by losing 49 to nine against Cincinnati. Uh, 14 points, three points, three point. I mean, this is let's see. They had 10 points in one game, then six, nine, three, and three. You know, so five, five out, five games last year where they scored 10 or less points in a football game. I mean, that's that's only supposed to happen maybe once or twice in a season. They did it five times last year. So uh, it's just, um, you know, and this was a team that specialized in winning the game, that, it, you know, winning the, the game against the weaker team and never being able to beat a team that was better than them. So aside from the one week that they beat New England, all of their other victories were against teams that, you know, that were better than them. Uh, you know, they never went in like they're supposed to beat the Raiders. They're supposed to beat the Browns. They're supposed to beat the Dolphins. You know, they that that was who they, they, they went on. They finished the season on a high note. They won three out of their last four games, but they beat Oakland, Cleveland, and Miami in those four games. And the one game that they lost was against Carolina. You know, the uh, the game that they lost 49-9 to was at Cincinnati uh they uh they lost to the ravens they lost to uh the dolphins earlier in the season they beat tampa bay who ended up being a terrible team last year they beat the bills they're supposed to do that but uh, you know they lose to the steelers they lose to the um you know like i said they lost to the ravens and and so on you get the idea so this is a team that basically didn't didn't excel last year but when you're only averaging 18 points a game it's going to be hard to win. So they, they went out, and you would think that a team that needs help on the offensive side of the ball would have focused more on a wide receiver or you know a running back or a tight end, something like that, on the offensive side uh, of the ball. Instead, they draft uh, Calvin Pryor in the first round, helping the defense that doesn't really need help uh, at this point. And also Calvin Pryor is more of a run-stopper, kind of guy and where they need help on defenses in the passing game so not that very good of a move but you know they go ahead and they sign Eric Decker uh, who was the best free agent available in the, in wide receivers uh, this year signed him away from the Broncos they get Jacoby Ford uh, away from the Oakland Raiders they sign Chris Johnson uh, from the Tennessee Titans so the run game is going to continue to be strong and I think the fact that Johnson's going to be splitting carries um, with uh, Chris Ivory uh, in the backfield will, will help keep him fresh instead of being the workhorse that ran the ball 400 times, uh, you know, when he tried to run for 2,000 yards a few years back. So uh, that's going to help extend his career for him to be splitting duties and kind of maybe even being a third-down guy, uh, you know, using his speed and such to, 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 to change it up on the offensive side of things for the, um, for the Jets Uh, Instead of trying to be an every down guy like he was in Tennessee, Um, you know, the offensive line is solid. You got guys like uh, Debrickishaw Ferguson. He's a perennial all pro. You got Eric Mangold, who's still a stud. Willie Colon, a longtime veteran, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, with years with the the Chiefs and so on. Uh, They signed Bruno Giacomini away from the Seattle Seahawks. So he comes over to shore up the offensive line. Brian Winters has been a long-time, uh, you know, O-lineman uh, in the league. Let's see, Brian Winters been around quite a while. So, you know, actually that's that's the wrong guy. Brian Winters drafted in the third round last year, so I'm thinking of a different Winters, my bad. But, uh, you know, he's a second-year guy. He's starting at left, tack left guard uh, for them, so you know Stephen Hill was a second round pick for them uh, hasn't really lived up to the exception he's a one-trick pony he's a you know he's a deep guy that's it that's all he can do so if you can't hit him deep you're no good and then the most important player on the football team right now Geno Smith because it all lies with him he's uh, the guy that pretty much well Sanchez ran himself out of town but having him around made Sanchez a liability um you know didn't light up the world last year as a rookie. Made a lot of rookie mistakes, but they're hoping that the presence of Michael Vick, who signed on to be his backup and possibly his, uh, you know, replacement, should he not live up to billing uh, this year, learning from him, another mobile quarterback to, uh, you know, to kind of uh, bounce ideas off of, that uh, they'll all, you know, be all right uh, in the end. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens there. You know, overall. Uh, You know, my assessment of the team is that it's – the defense is going to keep them in games, kind of like, um, you know, the Bills. But, you know, I think the Bills are a better team than them right right now, quite frankly. Um, You know, if the the defense can keep them in games and force more turnovers – because only you know eleven interceptions or thirteen interceptions last year twenty second in the league they got to help out and give the offense more opportunities to to create something they got to flip that turnover differential around minus fourteen that's you know it's it's amazing that they were only eight and eight with a minus fourteen turnover differential uh, it, it could have been worse actually, but um, you know th- those are the areas that they need to improve upon and hope that Eric Decker can be somebody away from Peyton Manning because Eric Decker was amazing uh, in Denver, but he was surrounded by Demaryius Thomas and, and uh, you know, Wes Welker and, and you know, all those other weapons that Peyton had, not to mention he had Peyton Manning throwing him the ball. Now he's going to the jets where Jacoby Ford and Stephen Hill are his supporting cast. And he's getting footballs thrown to him by Geno Smith and, or Michael Vick. So, it's a huge drop-off in the cast of characters that he's a part of and a huge drop-off in who's making these throws to him and everything. So Decker might be stealing money out in, in New York by the time it's all said and done. So we'll have to wait and see. Overall, this division, it's it's the Patriots, and then there's a huge drop-off in in number two. And I think number two this year will actually be the Bills if they can get it together on the offensive side of the ball like I said a minute ago I'm not happy I'm not really impressed with what I'm seeing from the Miami Dolphins and I think the Jets are a team that's waiting to move on like I think it probably would have been a better idea to start over with a new head coach out there with the Jets and I think that's a move they'll be making after they uh they do not do well uh this year so uh you know, there's not going to be a second playoff team coming out of this division, I don't believe. I don't think the Bills will win enough games to be that second playoff team uh, to come out of that division. Plus, with teams like the Chiefs and, the, uh, you know, maybe there's going to be a sleeper in the AFC South this year. We'll have to wait and see on that. But you, got the, you had three playoff teams in the AFC West last year, the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. And then, you know, see if somebody can catch up to the Indianapolis this year in the South And then in the north, you know, you got Baltimore, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, you know, and maybe even Cleveland. Who knows? But uh, no one from the east is going to be joining the Patriots in the playoffs this year. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see how the Bills and everybody uh, turn out this year and how that team uh, ends up uh, ends up being so. Only time will tell. Uh, at the ver- I think the worst, the worst the Bears should do against this division is three and one, and that's because we're playing the Patriots in Foxborough. So, you know, if we were playing the Patriots in Chicago, I'm, you know, even though they embarrassed us the last time they came to Chicago, uh, I think I would like our chances better. But we're playing in Foxborough, so we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens there. But I, I think a a three and one record against this division is not too much to ask for so granted the uh the jets were a six and two home team last year and we play the jets on monday night football in new york it's early enough in the season you know when they when they when they you know may still be struggling with that offense they got a new offensive coordinator marnie morningwig uh you know maybe geno atkins or geno atkins that's a defensive tackle from cincinnati geno smith is kind of still struggling you know maybe it works out in our favor plus with the bears coming into town and our offense and their low scoring and their low scoring offense against our defense and our offense against you know it's I think it it outweighs us the bears should win that game out there uh, in New York so like I said I don't think 3 and 1 is too much to ask for in the four games against this division so we went 4-0 against the AFC North last year beating the the Bengals the Steelers the Ravens and the Browns so maybe if uh, we're lucky that's something we pull off against this division so that is going to do it for the afc east preview episode like i said i'm saving record predictions for the sticks that pick show that uh, or the picks that stick show i should say uh that'll come at the end of the preseason that's kind of part of the Review episode of the fourth preseason game because we kind of glaze over, like, yeah, no one played, and this is who the roster is, this is how the season's going to turn out. That's how that episode kind of always goes. So, I'll leave the records for them. I won't do the whole eh, six and nine, or six and ten, seven and nine. Blah blah. blah. No, I'm not going to do that this time around. So, uh, when we come back, hopefully around next week, this time, I, I would think, uh, uh we're going to talk about the nfc south the panthers the falcons the saints and the interestingly enough the buccaneers coached by our guy our former guy i should say lovey smith and uh, that's going to be an interesting show because you got some much better football teams plus this is a division that has a history of teams going from worst to first that would be tampa bay this time around um can lovey come in and have that kind of early impact with this team so hopefully next week i won't be as long-winded because we're going into like an hour and 20 minutes here so hopefully you guys have stuck with me here but uh, we'll be back next week talk about the nfc south then follow that up with our division opponents along with san francisco and dallas our same place teams as we get ready to go into the 2014 training camp and into the preseason uh and have some fun there so uh thanks so much for joining it's good to be back in the 2014 season and uh, until then my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review